Welcome to the Tag Your It Podcast. I am Ray Ray. And I'm Dave, and I'm here in studio for the first time in 21 yeah. days. So 21 praise God. days. And, praise uh, God. It's yeah. good to be here. We're glad to have you in the new studio. <laughs> Why, and, thank uh, you. And, and Yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, so we got together with... Uh, oops, I, I, I pulled myself out. So oh, I can I'm still hear you just fine. difficulties because... Well, last week, Adam got together yeah. with the two newest members of the Tag Team... Yes, the tag. We're calling it the fellowship of the tag. That's right. I love it. It's good so anyway, stuff. Yeah, so being in the new studio, um, yeah, I have uh, direct access to the front door and I had to do something. So that's uh, why there was a little bit of craziness at the front end. But anyway, thank you guys uh, for being with us this evening on the Tag Your It podcast. And uh, again, bringing Dave back. And we what wanted to. What a blessing to, it is to be here. Yeah, and Always. we wanted to have an awesome, just a uh, down to earth taggerit style show oh which, yeah uh, old bringing, school bringing That's the right. uh, meme theology to bear and, and, and adam and i this is going to be our paper submission to the international society of christian apologetics and there will be a forthcoming booklet yeah. on how to do meme theology that's basically what we're going to be doing and that will allow both our theological presuppositions and our theological method and our method of apologetics to be melded with what I believe is somewhat a discipline that I have a little bit of credentials in, which is communication theory, mass media. Uh, since I teach communication theory at Spurgeon College, I think that I'm somewhat qualified anyways to do a deconstruction of cultural artifacts since that's what I teach my students to do. And that also just all begins with what we started doing here five years ago. And if you didn't read the pathway article about us, there is an article in the pathway about yes. this great podcast. And we're grateful for the pathway, giving us the opportunity to get our name out there. And wasn't it cool that they actually posted my book there at the top? Yeah. So yeah, if you, uh, if you get the Missouri pathways anyway, if you open up to the very middle yeah. of everything, I mean, there was a big spread on apologetics and the uh, Missouri Baptist apologetics network. So it's, it's awesome um, that it, it got, you know, just the time was taken to talk about the apologetics network. So I, I'm not sure how it came about. I know um, we talked with Ben Hawkins, like, you know, we've been doing this for five years. That's right. And we wanted to say, Hey, um, Hey, we've been doing this for five years. And like, yes, we want to talk about you. And hopefully I'm glad um, that if that was what spurred on everything, you know, talking to, uh, to Will Hoffman to Will, about yeah. it. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, Gabe Zalea, yeah, Gabe Zalea, and, and then the, one of the newest members and we haven't, uh, so bad. I can't remember her yeah, name, but yeah, you know, that's the kind of way things sort of happen in the network. Anyway, we get surprised by uh, new, um, network members and everything. And, but the cool thing is we know, and so now we can have her on the show eventually, um, and bring her into the mix. Cause I know she's talking about youth. Yeah, and apologetics and, that's and children kind of and apologetics. Yeah, so children, we definitely yeah. want to make sure we, we reach out to her. The other little cool thing yeah. that we can also uh, officially begin to promote, and we will do more work on this, but there is a debate scheduled at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting. Adam and I will mm -hmm. be the on the 24th, on the evening of the 24th, in the conference hotel. Adam and I will debate the proposition uh, goodness, I should have the proposition pulled up here. I apologize for not having it. Well, but we a, will debate Gabe, Zalea, and 
Dennis uh, Jackson yes. on a really cool topic about apologetics methods, and mm-hmm. uh, we're just excited for that opportunity. Yeah, and uh, resolve, yeah, resolve. Uh, what is the best way to defend the faith? I think uh, basically that's yes. That's what it is. Anyway, so it's, it's really awesome. Um, so if you are a part of the, if you go to the Missouri Baptist Convention this year, um, you know, just like that uh, Missouri Baptist Pathways uh, newsletter, it's kind of like, you know, Missouri Baptists are, or at least the uh, the big wigs at, at the convention, we're going to have more of a presence there. And so we hope that, uh, you know, until we get there, um, you know, to plant those seeds of, hey, um, that we have an apologetics network. We have people that um, like to either do very highly specific things or more general things, um, but we're all there to uh, encourage one another. So we want we are people that want to travel, meet you, spend time with your churches, spend time with your youth groups, spend time with whatever sort of facet um, we can spend time with and uh, just encourage you guys um, to go out. And uh, really, it's it's about everyday evangelism. Uh, the church being the church and just equipping each other to do the ministry. Right. And so God has given teachers and yes. given, given uh, gifts to people, right. We read in Ephesians. And so let's utilize uh, those gifts and let's come together and support each other in those gifts. And so here's people that like to study. It could be worldview issues. It could be religions, whatever it is. Um, we have people on the network. So uh, get to know those people, have them over, um, in your home, small groups, churches, yes. whatever campgrounds over the summer for the youth kids. Um, that was awesome to be able to do that last year. Um, but you know, stuff like that. And so we're going to have a bigger presence and hopefully more people get educated about what well, they have as Missouri. By Baptists. the way, the proposition is what is the best way to defend the faith? And yes. so that'll be on the 24th of October at the Missouri Baptist annual meeting in the conference hotel. It'll be awesome. Uh, can't wait to actually do a debate at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting, who would have thought of that five years ago that that was going to happen and that we were going to be the participants in it. So we'll be taking the presuppositional side, whereas Dennis and Gabe will take the classical side. It's going to be a really great debate. We will have an audience Mm Q&A. And so if you haven't made plans to go to the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting in Branson, when I encourage you to be there, it'll be a free debate and it will be a really cool opportunity for anyone who wants to know a little bit more about the network and, of course, to actually see what I believe is going to be a really out, outstanding debate against two incredibly qualified uh, opponents for us. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's going to be really good. And like he said, uh, his book was oh. in the Missouri Baptist Pathways along with Rob Phillips's book. And it's like, yeah. whoa, dude, Dave, you're hitting the big right. time in the Missouri Baptist Convention. But anyway, just wanted to end up uh, holding up. I finally got some physical copies of Did God Stutter? And it looks really awesome it feels really awesome it's got real pages it's really (laughs) cool and so yeah it's really awesome to be able to read um you know the debate um the afterwords are really awesome since i already had read the content and i wrote the foreword and everything but i had not really gotten the afterwards um from phil and then the post afterward basically from from dave on the subject and i and i wrote my afterward without having read his afterward i was i didn't want to be like cheating and be like oh let me uh respond to what he has to say so uh at this particular point you know you've read both of them so i hope that what I said made sense in my afterward. Oh no. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you guys both really had what your problems were with each other. Now it's kind of putting those together. And I think that's uh, what you guys can do if you get the book. So, um, get the book. Um, if you go to tag your slash B 
BR Pub. Um, you can still get it the the PDF sent to you at a donation of any amount. You can also go on Amazon and search for it and get a physical copy um, from them. Or if you know me or have my email or whatever, I still got a a couple of copies um, that I can ship out or um, hand out, just whatever. Um, just get at me about that. And then I will be doing another order soon to be able to have physical copies on our person. So if we don't have them, we will get them um, for that purpose anyway. In so. our next writing project, we hope to have out sometime in the next two months, which is engaging the new Areopagus. We've been talking about that next week. We're going to spend a good amount of time working on that together. And we really hope to have that out too by yeah. this summer. That's really our plan is to have that out by the end of June, if we can, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that that's all workable. And so you'll get another little piece from BNR Publishing, hopefully very soon. And we've got other projects in the, uh, in the writing um uh, I don't know if we're going to say the writing crock pot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's a few things. And so we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but yeah, there's, there's definitely some cool irons in the fire people we've been talking to and, uh, some really interesting topics to talk about, uh, especially on top of a few more things from Dave and I, um, writing together after the Areopagus thing too. So it's, yeah. there's some cool things, um, that, that are on in, in the thing. We just don't want to announce it because then we'd have to Can work we? too much uh, <laughs> too soon. Well, so, well, I will be yeah. freed up a little bit more to be able to do some more writing for us and some more focusing in on Tagurit after pastoring will be my next piece. So, yeah. um, but I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've had to teach logic at, uh, Spurgeon College and uh, been a great semester. So yeah. all of that, I again, always retribute to the opportunity that I've had to get to do this because many of those things that I do, I would not have even thought about when it came to what I was going to do when I was just pastoring. So getting the podcast and getting opportunities has been a cool thing. So yeah, brings us to what we're going to deal with well, today. We've got a few things to deal with. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've been to the meme studio. And as I said, uh, Dave and I have vaults where we save things and, right. uh, you know, we had to open the vault. So Disney has a vault where it puts its stuff in for a little bit and brings it. Um, we have a meme vault and so we wanted to open up tonight and we've got three memes we'll try to hit. We'll see how the time goes. Um, if not, we have just another meme for later. So we'll just see what it goes. I love this sort of informal, um, you know, shot across the bow at memes. So first we do need to establish, um, since we, you know, don't do this all the time, but you know, for new listeners as they come in, um, what is meme theology? Why meme theology? What are we even talking about meme theology? So, um, this is what will hopefully, as uh, he said, we'll, we'll write a little booklet on this cause this is definitely booklet worthy, um, in the future, but here, here, let's go. What is a meme? What is a meme? Dave? Yeah. So a meme is essentially a, a cultural artifact, a rhetorical artifact, you know? And so in our in our culture and in our day and age, how is it that people communicate? One of the things that is, is very clear in communication theory is that the medium is the message is what McLuhan says, right? So in other words, the message about what the culture is is the medium through which they communicate. Now, one of the things that we see in the development of social media, it first began as a picture and a little story about yourself and you liked little things that people said as they gave brief little text updates. And then sometimes that expanded, right? 
right? Mm-hmm. So as we see social media begin to evolve, you know, you start with uh, very little simple things like Zanga, right? Which is mm-hmm. one, one of the very first social media platforms that expands into then Facebook. And of course, uh, there were, of course, mediums that uh, that died. Uh, MySpace, MySpace was one of the mediums that died. And you could even do a deconstruction of why did that platform die? And one of the reasons that that platform died is because it didn't evolve, right? It stayed in the same way. It didn't update quick enough. That's why you always see updates on also, Facebook. Yeah, it was very chaotic and Facebook had a lot more uh, privacy. Yes. Had a lot more privacy. And so as Facebook <laughs> began to develop, though, one of the things that became very popular was a, a picture and a few little words. And we've seen that actually become basically two different divergent platforms where you have Twitter and you have Facebook. Now, part of the under part of Facebook began to be Instagram, which you take a picture and you say a few little things. Or maybe you took a picture and you put a few little words of text in it to explain something. That is essentially what we consider the modern meme. Now, of course, you you have uh, Snapchat, which is one of the larger memes, uh, or not one of the larger platforms today, right? Or, or Instagram, again, the larger platforms, right, that begin to uh, give us just a, a little bit more of what's going on. And so if the medium is the message, the message that is being communicated is that we show a picture and we say a few words, a yeah. few pithy phrases that will upset, excite, or, or cause some type of uh, very intentional reaction, right? I'm making a statement and I don't care what you have to say back to it, right? Yeah, yeah. What I am saying is a solid argument. Now you could deconstruct that logically and say, okay, well, what is the argument? And we could draw that out in some type of categorical syllogism, but what is actually happening is the categorical syllogism is being implied, right? Yeah. And so any meme you really actually could break down categorically. It's not necessary that you do that, but we always will assume that someone's trying to make a logically coherent statement, whether it's a deductive or an inductive statement, right? They're making an argument, right? And again, yeah. I'm of the position that I think uh, all uh, all communication is argumentation. All communication yeah. is some type of a persuasive element. Like I'm intentionally or, yeah. trying to persuade yeah. someone. And that, I mean, that's it. You're intentionally trying to persuade someone, but you don't actually know how to argue and you actually don't know what you're posting. You just like what the thing says and you post it up just because you want to make people mad or you want to make people happy or just whatever the uh, meme content is and so um you know so we got these memes we defined a meme here and so uh i think it's actually time go for to go it into <laughs> what do we call it the meme studio <laughs> We're in the meme studio, and let's get our first meme. And so, Dave, you're the one that sort of sh- uh, you shared this one, and uh, you'd been talking about it on uh, on your Facebook timeline. So this one sort of you shared and exploded, and you got the reaction. You had to deal with it. So you get to drive this one because this one is your baby. So, yeah. So actually... One of the things that we're always thinking about when we deal with a meme is the context in which it appears, right? And so what first grabbed my thoughts on this was that it was actually a 
Christian who was sharing this. It was actually yeah. someone who said that they were a pastor that was sharing this. And I thought, good night in the morning. What do you mean by this pastor? And I thought it was dishonest that and disingenuous yeah. that he would actually share this as a Christian. I, in fact, encouraged him to remove it and offered commentary on as why you would do that. Now, if you're a lost person in sharing this, I can give you a little bit more leverage on why you might yeah. think this. But and so, it, yeah, and if you and if you look at the meme, so um, for the podcast and everything, uh, the the meme is uh, it says the same people who didn't fear COVID because of the of a 98% survival rate now fear a vaccine that has a 0.00009% risk of causing blood clots. Make it make sense. And so what you're saying is, because if you look at this meme, it doesn't really have a context per se. That's right. It's not saying anything about the person that's sharing it. So... In this postmodern world, then if I see it, I go, okay, so this must be coming from the person who posted it. Yeah, well, but you have again, to remember, of course, it, in yeah. our postmodern world, right, yeah. if, you, if you buy into the mindset of people like Derrida or particularly Roland Barthes, right, in his essay, The Death of the Author, essentially he advocates that everything is interpretive right it doesn't matter the intentions of the author what matters is how i respond to it again we live in a very postmodern age right yeah. so context uh in the what i would say is the absurdity of the modern mind context doesn't matter now as a christian and from a christian worldview we would say that context is king right mm -hmm. we want to understand what was actually being said in the original context yeah. so if you deal with it within the absurdity if you step into the worldview of the absurd right which is not a very long journey actually because we're Im immersed in it all the time so if we step into the absurdity of the postmodern world context doesn't matter i can import whatever context i want i think that that's being dishonest by the way oh yeah but if you do that just to demonstrate if you answer a fool according to his folly right as we're told to do you begin to say well here is the context in which i read this now i think from a christian worldview when we deal with meme theology in particular we actually want to do both we want to step into the context of the absurd and then we want to step back into the real worldview that's grounded on the foundation of god's word and interpret that so when you step into the absurd this actually says something slightly different than it does in the world uh, that is grounded in the Christian worldview. Does that yeah, make any sense? Yeah. So let's step into the absurd. You know, that's the big deal. And so like if, if we're stepping into the absurd, um, whenever you say the term absurd, if you're going to be rational, if you're going to be logical, it cannot be arbitrary. That's right. So f for the first thing is we're, we're stepping into the absurd. We're stepping into the arbitrary. So who cares? Who cares that whoever didn't fear the vac or the f uh, fear the virus and if they wanted to um, use this argument, this point zero 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 nine percent blood clot thing to then be afraid of it. Well, the thing is, they're being arbitrary. Why are you mad that if you're being arbitrary? Why can't they? That's that's the sauce for the goose sauce for the gander sort of thing. And that's what relativism produces. But that's the point. You can't live in that world. But is that if that's your world, live with it. If it's not your world, then why are you acting as though this is actually uh, meaningful 
argument what are you trying to do like you're just pointing like are you just captain obvious but then you also step into another issue because when you step into a postmodern world one of the things that you step into is uh, i call it theater of the absurd essentially right where everything is power structures right yeah inherently linked to any uh knowledgeable understanding of this would be that someone has utilized colonistic or culinary mindsets and i don't mean that in the culinary as if you uh, colonialist mindset because objective science and objective scientific information and data is based in according to this same worldview a colony a, a colonist mindset right a western colonist mindset we can't trust objective scientific knowledge oh but mm. we can do it whenever we want but if you oh, actually yeah, reject arbitrary. that idea that objective scientific evidence is simply a power structure at play then who cares about what data says who cares yeah. what these oppressive powers say so you so you can't be consistent with your yeah. worldview even to make sense of this you have to borrow from a worldview where objective scientific method actually makes sense mm-hmm. so to make your argument have teeth you have to reject your foundational assumptions about power structures does that yeah. make sense oh yeah so then so basically uh, right now you know fauci yes. cdc they get a free pass from being in an oppressive power structure exactly just kind of like again in the abortion side that we talked about why does planned parenthood get a free pass because they are literally they are literally an institution of oppression especially of black people and things like the scientific method are constructs from a westernized colonist mindset that says, well, I need to reject any um, objective data science because that's white oppressive people who are Western civilization importing their power structures on me. Mm -hmm. So that's where this becomes, even if you step into the theater of absurd, where do you stop? Like, where do you stop? And so this actually doesn't even say anything because you have to reject the scientific method. Again, like you're just pointing out what people are doing, but that's all you got is like, okay, some, you know, the same, but I mean, we can get into what the same is whenever we step out of the absurd, but you know, basically uh, all you're doing is pointing out what's happening and then, yeah, you don't have anything to say after. I mean, you do, you can, you have the ability to, but that doesn't mean it's coherent. That doesn't mean it actually, I have to care about it or anybody has to care. Again, if you're going to be arbitrary, then rationality is out the window and we can't have the conversation. And that worldview isn't coherent when it comes to actually having a coherent case to complain that if there are people out there that were, did not fear the virus, but now they're fearing the small, small, small percent of getting a blood clot, Again, if it's arbitrary, they they they're just arbitrarily going around and brain fizzing um, as as uh, they are doing based on certain stimuli because that's all it is. If they're just matter in motion governed by time and chance, they're just being arbitrary. Who cares? It's it's the so what, um, so what. That's that's but, all that you got. Uh, but then in the meme, they say yeah. make sense. Yeah, make it make sense. Make Why? it make sense. Make sense to who? Yeah, again. Who is it to make sense to? Yeah. 
because what you're doing again is appealing to some standard which you can't account for which you can't even defer back to what if it makes perfect sense who is to say that it should make sense to anyone to say that it should make sense to you then for therefore creates a power structure where you are might by right and that again is oppressive and of course perpetuates the professor the oppressive regimes you are attempting to topple yeah Yeah. right but yeah and it's one of those things you know (laughs) they they ask though they ask though make it make sense and we've said well we can make it make sense we can explain it by showing telling you so what it doesn't it doesn't make sense and so you know if you're sharing this uh as somebody in whatever arbitrary worldview um you know you're asking for something and only demonstrating that you can't live in your world that your world you actually do not believe your world exists yes you haven't accepted the fact that your world exists well it does and here's the other little element of that that i think is incredibly important even putting forward argumentation in a postmodern world view does not make sense for one to do because it presupposes that words have meaning that numbers have meaning and there is some type of position worth rationalizing others to does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, it? let's just say it's in a, in a, 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 like, we'll just say the basic presupposition is survival. Yeah. And, and self-interest. Um, then it's just this person's sharing this to be liked by other people so that they don't get disliked. So they have a better opportunity to be in the social sphere of people to do what they need to do to survive. Is It's food, um, sexual relationships whatever it is to survive and just spread your genes. That's right. That's basically the only reason that I can say this would be shared, but still you're still end up with, so what you don't have to exist. You don't have to survive. The world still spins. Everything will go into, you know, third dynamic disintegration. Well, so and, the, and here's the issue. So when you do meme theology, I think it's always important that we understand what memes are. We understand how indoctrinated actually our mind is to them because we often share them without thinking or trying to rationalize yeah. or understand the argument that's being Again, put forward. Something we need to trademark. Think before you meme. That's right. TM or something. Maybe, then maybe that's, that's <laughs> the name of the paper, right? Think before you meme. Yeah. And yeah. so the next little piece is once you step into the absurdity of the mindset, once you answer a fool according to his folly then i think you step back out and then you stand on scripture as its ground and and that's the next little piece that i think is important for one to be able to do so when it says the same people who don't fear covid because of 98 percent survival rate now fear a vaccine that has point zero 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 nine percent chance of causing blood clots okay who are people who are the same people now that begins to presuppose that there's a group of individuals that are actually somehow defined in this group yeah who is that group the meme does not give us any opportunity to actually define who those are it's just the group that says the same group so it's the group that said that they didn't fear um they didn't fear COVID because of nine, 98% survival rate, which that is one of a few reasons of mine yeah, and also yours. So now of course it's you mine. and me, yeah. I guess in this would fit the criteria of being the same people. There here. you go. 
that we have now been adopted into this again the meme is sent with a purpose to try to make an argument so it's now i believe uh given some definitive terms which we can do from a christian worldview we can say from a christian worldview that words have meaning that terms have a objective definition right that actually is incorporated and i would actually say implied in every meme and so we're now in this and we are now generalized as those individuals who are not getting the covid vaccine because we're fearful that the vaccine might kill us because of this zero 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 point zero nine percent chance of risk so one point one we're talking about standing on scripture scripture, yeah right the bible god's revelation we're supposed to be for truth and we are not to lie to people. Thou shalt not lie, right? That reflects God who cannot lie. That's right. His holiness in the law. And so whenever you do this and you say the same people who are not afraid of COVID are now fearing the vaccine, well, you've lied because we are people that weren't afraid of the virus because, well, we had brains and we go, well, for one, we're young. If we do get it, it's, it's not going to ruin us. And we've got to feed our families. Um, he's a minister. He's got people he's got to minister to. And he's he would rather minister to people as they're dying and not worry about getting it. And he would die with his brothers and sisters that he is a shepherd over because he knows where he's going. He knows who his Lord is and his Lord would be pleased. So again, that we're, sta- we're standing here now. Don't go anywhere else. So, so if we're geared for truth, this argument already from the outset fails on the fallacy of sweeping generalization yes do not fear for i'm your god do not excuse me do not fear for i'm with you do not fear for i'm your god i will strengthen you uphold you with my righteous right hand isaiah 41 10 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god for the peace of god which surpasses all understanding you've got got to be a good steward of your body well oh wait wait a second i think a shadrach meshach and abednego yes still stood up instead of bowing down even though they already knew they were going to go in a furnace and you can say well guys what about your bodies what about being a good steward of your life well, well sometimes being a good steward of your life is putting yourself at risk for your brothers and sisters underneath the what god has called you to and so you you can't go into an imminent worldview. You always have to keep heaven and earth in view as two things that are together because, well, of Jesus Christ being the God man. And and Adam, this is a key piece mm-hmm. and it's something that I know you and I are completely in agreement on. And I'm making that assumption because I know that both you and I do not fear man. We fear God. Yeah. Our primary fear should be God. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs one seven, right? But further, when the early church was threatened, do not preach the gospel, right? When, mm-hmm. when Peter and John walk into, uh, Jerusalem and they go into, um, they go into the temple and there is a lame man a man born lame right and they heal him and then the sanhedrin and the religious leaders of that day grab peter and john and they say don't preach the gospel what is it that they say in acts chapter 4 very very clearly whether it is right in the sight of god to listen to you rather than to god 
you must be the judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard and then very clearly when they go back to the church the church actually says this amazing thing right uh they begin to say in verse uh, 29 of chapter 4 now lord look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness right again when Paul is stoned right outside of Iconium. He walks back in the next day, preaches the gospel and leaves, right? Christians are told to proclaim the gospel in all context, no matter what it is. We are to gather on the Lord's day for worship. And so the real question is, do we fear a virus or do we fear God? Well, again, the consistent Christian knows the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You say, oh, well, that might get you sick. Well, so be it. So be it. The Christian definitely wants to protect themselves, but they want to honor God. They want to do what God has commanded them to do in all settings, in all times. Again, if you look at the bubonic plague, how did the church respond to that? They went and preached the gospel. When you look at Spurgeon's life, right, when there was this massive cholera outbreak, what did he do? He exhausted himself from going from bedside to bedside to proclaim the gospel to people. Christians are called to do that same thing. So when you say in this meme that it's the same people who fear COVID, it's not the people who fear COVID. We don't Uh, fear COVID. Yeah, well, it's the same. It's saying that the people who don't fear COVID. That's right. But we're we're there. There's but they're saying that it's the vaccine that we're now fearing because of a small so a small yep. chance of we we're not afraid because of the small chance of the virus and what yes. it can do to you, but we are afraid of the small chance of the vaccine giving us a blood clots. But again, we've already said it's a sweeping generalization for one, Bingo. and that is not the reason. Even though we, I I don't want to get the vaccine, but I have other reasons, and it's not the blood clot thing. I think that is a very stupid argument. Yeah. Um, to get the vaccine because again I am not an anti-vaxxer no I have a brain and I do want the science and whenever you, and I it, it, the, the the funny thing is even though this is just an oversimplification of the issue but whenever you call something project warp speed or whatever I'm sorry I don't take that seriously because also time is a scientific matter and I believe that there should be more time on this so we can see the results and I do. And I mean, people can make themselves guinea pigs if they want. And I don't want to say that pejoratively, but they can make themselves the test subjects if they want. I don't want to. And I think it's a part of the God given Christian conscience that I have that I should not be demeaned. I have dignity. Um, and we can still exist as brothers and sisters in Christ if we're in the church. Um, and we don't have to fight over this. You can have it or not have it. And I think that's a beautiful thing of, because of the gospel that we can exist um, with these conscious issues um, as brother and sister and not let it let that be the dividing line between us. Um, but the thing is, is that's not why the people that didn't fear um, a lot of the, I, I mean, there's might be people that this might be the drumbeat argument, uh, you know, but that's a dumb argument. I'll say that, but that's, I'm going to say the majority it's this is not the issue what they what they have with the vaccine. I'm going to say that most informed people are like, well, for one, we can bring up the fact that we don't want to feed the monster of the abortion machine. There you go. Though, and that though is the my primary lines, piece yeah, there. Yeah, that's the primary piece with it. Though that is a we again we've already dealt with this. Yes, they weren't aborted for the vaccine, but it's a consequent because of you're still feeding it. You're still fe- saying like I'm okay 
after some arbitrary amount of time that we've aborted a fetus to for it to be used for whatever, even though it wasn't aborted for that purpose. That's just an arbitrary thing. Again, if you're going to be rational, well, you can't be arbitrary. And here is the analogy that uh, someone brought up, right? And yeah. um, I, I want to, again, state, I believe in Christian liberty on this. I believe in your convictions and doing what you have done according to your convictions, right? So, and I think that it's okay that I use a personal example. I have a good friend from my church who I just have great respect for, outstanding guy, really good guy. It said he got the vaccine. He had gotten COVID and he got the vaccine. He said, well, my my parents wanted me to get the vaccine because they were very fearful. Now you have a little bit of a crossroads. You have a honor your mother and father, and you have, again, from the same Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. I'm not going to step into that mindset. I don't have to. Now, if he were to come to me again, I would put that back on him. Brother, act according to your convictions on this. I'm not going to berate you. However, the great thing is he didn't berate me and say, oh, your your position on abortion is so stupid. Why would you do that? Not it at all. A Christian convictional issue. So as Christians, we're not going to attack each other on this by any means. I think that that's a very poor thing to do. But what is my major reason? I Again, two of them. Number one, it is that we don't know the long-term consequences. That's a reality. As a thinking person who actually has a master's degree in research methodology, I'm not going to sit around and become or allow myself to become uh, a test to or a, a test on this, right? I'm not going to yeah. let myself become the rat in the um, in the lab, right? And I don't say that pejoratively, but seriously, I'm not going to let myself be someone who this is tested on, right? I'm not going to allow my children or my spouse to have this done as a test on them. Again, if you're getting the vaccine, you would say, well, it's gone through a few cycles of tests. Yeah, it has. We know no long-term consequences of this. That is not anything that we have any long-term test on. Things like this don't just develop overnight, yeah. except in this case, they did develop overnight. So I don't want to become a test. But the other thing is, I don't want to allow myself, as you stated so clearly, to be part of the abortion machine. And why would I say such a thing? Well, if you've done the research, and of course, we have done the research, you can see on places like health.nd.gov, we note very clearly that it states historical fetal cell lines were derived in the 1960s and 70s from two elective abortions and have been used to create vaccines for diseases such as hepatitis, rubella, and rabies. Abortions from which these fetal cells were obtained were elective and were not done for the purpose of vaccine development. Okay, great. And here is the analogy that was given to me. I was told if there was a murder victim and we were able to harvest some of their organs to save lives, wouldn't that be good? You bet. Those lives that were saved were excellent, but we would still do justice and try to hunt down the murderer. In the yeah. case of these fetal cells, that's not happened. Now, you can, as a Christian, choose to look past that and say, yeah, but I'm so far removed. You are more than welcome to do that. I disagree with that action because my conviction is that abortion is always wrong. The same God who said, do not lie, honor your father and, mo father and mother, said, do not kill. Do not murder do not murder and this is yes an abortion is murder and we got to keep on saying that it is murder it is murder it is murder and nobody's going after the murderers 
because of emotional ties. Like, I'm sorry, women premeditate murder on another human being when they do this. Now, am I saying is that all cases? No, I'm going to say most cases. I'm saying I'm thinking that we can actually utilize God's law and come up with a trial and see if somebody has been coerced, has been lied to, has been put in a position where they had no malicious intent but did it anyway because of other issues. And we can go through that. You know, this is a hypothetical world that we're in right now, but when it really happens, we can do things. We should still go by all of God's law to determine this, but abortion is murder and nobody's going after the, whoever in the sixties and seventies aborted those babies, even though that wasn't for vaccine purposes, possibly um, still they murdered babies. Yes. And now we're having, well, since they're, since they're murdered, we'll just go ahead and use them. It's like, no, can we actually use our human ingenuity to do something different? Because apparently us humans think we're pretty awesome, so it seems like we can do something without them. And just so anyone knows, uh, health.nd.gov, were the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines developed using fetal cell lines? Early in the development of the mRNA vaccine technology, fetal cells were used for proof of concept to demonstrate how cells could take up mRNA and produce SARS-CoV-2 to spike protein then you go down was johnson and johnson there's three major vaccines right johnson and johnson jansen pharmaceutical covid 19s developed using fetal cells the non-replicating viral sector vaccine produced by johnson and johnson did require the use of fetal cells specifically per.c6 in order to produce and manufacture the vaccine all of the vaccines on the market are using fetal cells in or fetal cell lines in their development. Every major publication will tell you that's not the argument. If someone tells you that that's not the argument, they're not telling you the whole truth. This is, again, health.nd.gov. And this isn't the only place that you can find that. We did just a little bit of research and found these things. So the real question is, are you going to arbitrarily look past the murder of these children and say, I didn't murder them. That's okay. I'll get the vaccine. If that is where your Christian liberty leads you, that is fine. Again, that's the not dividing our line is Jesus Christ. And so we have to make sure that that's what we're dividing over. Jesus is offensive, but he's also the reconciler of everybody. You know, so that's, that's the issue. And so we don't do this to, you know, and I hope you don't hear us throwing stones yeah, at anyone who does, who's taking going, it. We're asking the question. We're also it, saying, yeah. here's our position. Yes. And it's not some ill conceived, fearful position. No, no. Fear is what causes you to shut down an entire country over a virus that has a 96% chance survival rate. Yeah. That's fear. Fear is what causes you to shut down an entire country and again, cause incredible amounts of uh, suicide, incredible amounts of uh, different marital problems that we've seen, uh, incredible amounts of uh, businesses being shut down. That's what fear causes yeah. you to do. Fear of man and fear of a virus causes yeah. you to do. So, you know, the, the and, and, and I would just say like, you know, like on the last little thing here, it says, make it make sense. So let's make it make sense. If this is the case, 
If this is the case that the same people who don't fear COVID because of a 98% survival rate now fear a vaccine that has a 0.000009 risk of causing blood clots, you know how to make sense of that? People are hypocrites. People will use anything to do what they want to do and be arbitrary. There you because, go. So there's the other side of it. So make it make sense. In a Christian worldview, it makes sense why you would see this. But how do you interpret that? Why is it? Because people want to divide and fight. And they need to be reunited in Jesus Christ to where we can have these maybe differences of opinion and it's not this why we fear the vaccine. Um, but we can still love one another and bear with one another, keeping each other and being jealous for each other's freedom of conf- consciences for one and, and uh, actually live as best as sinners can live in a world as Christ as as we are made into the image of Christ as he's promised to do. So that's how you make sense of why you see this. Why are people being arbitrary? And so I think that makes, makes sense of what you're seeing if this is true. But then again, um, if you are a Christian and you actually think this is a good argument, please stop sharing because it's not, and it's only going to be divisive and we need to really, really be careful about what we share. Think before you mean, because this is a very divisive meme. Yes. Yeah. Right so, yeah. on. Yeah. So, um, we've got, sorry, we went a little oh, longer we went on, long that, on that. Well, you were, you were prepared on that one, but, um, let's, uh, let's go to the next meme. And if we don't get to the third meme, well, that just means we get another meme theology time anyway. So I'm not too mad about that, but, uh, this is a meme that I saw on, uh, a few Facebook pages, um, within the past couple of weeks. Um, but this is the, you know, like uh, being a trans parent, um, uh, and some advice to the, uh, possible trans sexual parent anyway here. So it says, um, please listen to your child. If they ask you to call them something different, try. And if they tell you they are a different gender than what they were assigned at birth, respect them. I'm going to go over to a different place to read. No it. problem. So uh, respect that. Even if they, uh, let me just start over again since I blocked it for the podcast folks anyway, <laughs> but it says two possible to parents of possibly trans kids. Please listen to your child. If they ask you to call them something different, try. If they tell you they are different, a different gender than what they were assigned at birth, respect that. Even if they are young, even if you think it won't last, even if you are worried for their safety and well-being, understand that this took a lot of courage for them to share with you, and they wouldn't be saying it if they didn't legitimately feel that way. And, you know, the one thing that kills me on this, it's a false dichotomy. It's an ununderstanding of a lot of people, especially, again, in Dave and I's uh, milieu of folks, um, which is Christianity. Um, and I understand that there are hypocrites um, that would still need to to grow even to agree with us on this issue. Um, but this this meme is really this one is a a, a really offensive meme. I understand. I, I I'm not offended by the fact that it happened. It's offensive meme, but I'm not offended because I expect it. Um, so it's not a surprise that something like this would be written. Um, but the thing is, if you look at the very end of the meme, that it says, um, let's see it took a lot of courage for them to share with you um, this information and that they wouldn't be saying it if they didn't live legitimately feel that way. I totally get it. Totally get it. You know what? I would be very happy if my kids, if they were struggling with something like this, I would be happy that they would 
tell me that they felt this way. I would say thank you for actually being open and honest and not suffering in silence on this issue, thinking that I'm some sort of monster that you can't talk about this kind of stuff with. So, okay, I agree there. I agree there. That's great um, information. That's what needs to be said. And I I would say that um, in the Christian community, there would be people that this would need to be talked about. You know, what would you do and how would you respond? And I think the the right response is, thank you for sharing that with me. and, and understanding that they did take a lot of courage to do so and thanking them for that and reinforcing the courage to do that. But here's the deal. If they call, if they, if they ask you to call them something different, try why, what, based on what, why, why do they feel different? If they tell you that they're a different gender than what they are signed at birth, respect that. Why should I respect that? Is it true? Should I raise my kids up to be to be in truth or to be okay to be deluded. I don't find that good to actually raise my kid to be in a delusion. Yeah. You know, you were telling me that the other day or yesterday, your kid was legitimately acting like a dog. And yeah. He said he was a dog. dog Yeah, of course. Yeah. Happens a few times. He tells me that he's Bowser every once in a while. So for that, like I always say, step into the absurdity. Yeah. Right. So when I step into the absurdity, the first thing that I have a problem with is it presupposes a nuclear family. It presupposes the category of parent, which if you reject the nuclear family, right, there's some type of a relationship within that family. Well, wait a second. We've got an issue. The parent child distinctive categorical difference wait a second, that is an oppressive idea. Yeah. Why is this not just another sexual partner? Yeah. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? I know. And, it and presupposes this, some type of authority on the part of the parents, but that's yeah. rejected that distinctive category. Yeah, and this, is the, and this is the issue. This does come from a worldview of equality, and I'm going to put that in quotes Bingo. because we are about equity. We are about a certain kind of equality, but it comes with a definition that actually is meaningful. Bingo. And so from this, from this worldview, we're all just particles in motion governed by time and chance. We're all just happenstance beings and we're all autonomous. But and even- so there is no, and so I've been told there's no hierarchies in nature. Okay. Why are you appealing to the expert then? Oh, so the expert, whenever you need it, gets to be putting in a higher category that I have to submit to since this person's quoting that expert since they're not the expert. So you see the, that that's the absurd problem here. Um, but so here basically two parents of possibly trans kids, you're just telling them stop being a parent. Exactly. You're telling them that their role is not that of authority any longer. Their role is that of only affirmation. I'm sorry, I'm not going to affirm my child to run in the street, but what if my child identifies as a street as a streetwalker? What if my child identifies as a turtle? Am I no longer allowed to tell my child that will kill you? All of that authority is if you follow this to its natural conclusion, the parent-child distinctive category is gone. Because the child could identify as my parent. And so I'm now supposed to just listen to them. 
They now are the authoritative figure. I am not. Wait, what do I do? What does my autonomy do in any of this? When you jump actually with both feet into that worldview, you can't make anything of it. Why listen? Your child, who is your child and what is not your child? If a community truly raises a family, well, then that child over across the street is, is my child. They can come live with me. But wait a second. Likewise, they're whatever I want them to be categorically. I can identify them as whatever I want. And who's to say that they actually even have to listen to me or yeah, to why, what that, they want the, to listen yeah, to? Why does the kid have to care what the parent says and what the parent accepts or does not accept? The kid just be like, if you accept me, great. If you don't accept me, I'm out of here. They're on autonomous being. They should be able to go out there and find a job if they want. But then again, I guess a job is an oppressive hierarchical sort of uh, machine of, you know, machine Can, of the problem. And so, you know, so again, like we're talking in absurdity here. Why? Yeah. Because we're in absurdity. That's right. <laughs> and then you say, even if they're a different gender, what is gender? Yeah. It's a social construct. Yeah. That's Why the problem. would I even care about gender? Yeah. Again, that's the problem of putting the T in the LGBTQ, whatever, because the T says it doesn't matter. Like it's, well, it wants to matter gender, but then again, it doesn't matter. Um, and so that's the absurdity of the T in there is because it totally throws the wrench because the other ones accept the other, the other ones accept a norm and it's just the reverse of that norm or however the T sort of accepts norms, but then doesn't want to. So it's the, I can't commit. I, I'm not going to be dogmatic, but then they're dogmatic. Well, so that's the issue. And then there's this element that they were assigned at birth. If I've bought into the trans argument, yeah. I didn't assign my child any gender at birth because no. gender is, gender is arbitrary. Gender is created. Yeah. But then doctors, you know, are they assigning anything at birth? They're just, aren't they just observing something and writing? Some, so were you assigned or did you actually make the doctor? Did you assign the doctor to write down whatever? So exactly. That's it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then, of course, what's this idea of respect that? What does it mean to respect? I mean, very seriously, as a Christian, we recognize that terms have meaning. But when I use the term respect, I don't know that I mean it in the Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. Actually, I'm yeah. always trying to find out what respect means. Yeah. How can I respect anything if that's a standard that's always moving? From this categorical position, from jumping both feet into absurdity, I might feel like I'm respecting something, and that's what actually matters, my arbitrary standard, because I am autonomous and I can define whatever I want as respect. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's the issue is how am I supposed to take this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this from the current situation that we're Bingo. in yeah. in the context that it, that we're in. And it is that equality issue. There's no hierarchies. It's uh, you know, we're trying to tear down even the, the family. So, you know, it's like once they're out of the womb, they should be their own autonomous self. But then again, you got people at Harvard going, well, no, those are societies. They're, they're underneath the society's control. They shouldn't be under the parents control. So they can't even understand. They, again, nature doesn't. Ab nature abhors a vacuum. So it's either that baby that comes out of their mother instantaneously becomes their own person, and the baby should be able, like the parents just should go. I can throw you out now, or if you could crawl and find a job or find sustenance or whatever, <laughs> you know that should be fine. 
Um, the only thing is we're not going to live that way and you're no. going to expose your absurdity and the fact that you can't live um, in a consistent way with the way uh, from the starting points you're, you're making about who a person is, what a person is uh, and the rules and what reality um, of living in a society. Is. I was so just thinking, yeah. what if your kid identifies as an electrician and wants to stick a fork into, <laughs> into an outlet? Yeah. You're well, not going to let that happen. <laughs> I'm a scientist and I need to know this only by, cause I only believe I can only know things through empirical evidence, which the only empirical evidence I can gather is sticking a fork in this and you have to let me. I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. So I mean, then I always think again, we've deconstructed it from yeah. jumping both feet into the worldview returning it back to a Christian worldview yeah. and it's one of those here's things, how it only makes sense yeah, and here's had, how we can make sense of it. Yeah. If they, if they ask you to call them something different, try, okay, I can do a nickname, but that doesn't change the person. You know, that doesn't change the person at all. Or their but, DNA know, makeup. Yeah. Or, or DNA makeup. But if they tell you that they're a different gender than what they were assigned at birth. So that's actually what they're talking about when that's, um, when to call them something different yes, because they want a different name because the more prime issue is that they feel their gender has changed or that they are different than what they, their body, their, the, the objective reality that we all see, um, is. And so if they're a different gender than what they are assigned at birth, respect that. And it's one of those things of why do I have to respect that? I, that draws up the false di dichotomy. If I yes. don't respect that, I hate them. And it's like, that's right. Wait a second. No, I love them and I want them to be in truth. Again, the last meme, the first thing I said was we are people of truth. That's right. And so if you're a Christian and you're following Christ, who is the truth, who is God incarnate, who is God and man, who, who took, who, who never rejected the Old Testament scriptures, but exegeted them for us because we're dense. <laughs> you know, that's what he came to do was not to change anything, but to establish things even more. And now we have more light because of Christ. And that's why Tyre and Sidon will have it less than what we will. That's right. On judgment day. Um, but, I respect the person made in the Imago Dei. I'm not going to downgrade their dignity, but I'm going to uphold their dignity be going, no, you're not. You're not what you think you are. And that is where the Christian worldview and the definition of what it means to respect yeah. has to be grounded in what God has revealed. Yeah, and it's not respecting their self-professed idea of themselves, but it's taking that and going, there might be a problem and I respect you and I want, let's go get this worked out. That's right. Let's seek professional help if we need to, because you like your feelings don't determine the, or make facts. And so what is it about your feelings? And so we can talk about the gospel, we can be gracious and all this kind of stuff, but we have to get to the truth and we have to raise our kids in truth. Now, again, if they came to me, saying these kind of things, I would encourage them. So you can't draw that false dichotomy either. That is not true. I can tell them that I love them, that I am proud that they told me that they're not, again, not suffering in silence. And now we can actually deal with it. But to respect them is to not let them pretend and then reinforce that pretending to where they feel that, it, that, that it's reality. Cause it's not, 
And in the long game, it's not going to actually be respectful that I do that. And it's not going to be for their safety and it's not going to be for their well-being because they will end up having depression. And it's not going to be because or, us, you're going to try to blame the Christians for going, well, they, they kill themselves because you guys. It's like, no, it's because they're messed up and you didn't help them. You just made it worse. Mm-hmm. You poured gasoline on the fire. You let them live in a false reality, destroy and mutilate their body. And then they said, it's not worth it. I've already destroyed myself enough. Again, what we don't get is frequently the voice of those individuals who thought they were another gender, mutilated their bodies and actually realized and came to Christ and realized that they were not what they said they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like we can take that back down to our discussion with uh, with Samson. That's right. You know, whenever we talk to him, you know, the thing is a lot of people think he's a lonely dude. And, you know, like, you know people that uh, are still struggling with same-sex attraction, that if you don't let, allow them to get married, it's like, oh, that, but, but they don't have anybody to love. They don't. And it's like, wait a second. No, this guy has a community that loves him. I've seen and him he's go on vacation. Pictures of him going on vacations with yeah, families. He's like, having a good time um, communally, and guess what? All you're doing is saying that love is a reduction of having sex. That's, that's right. why you're saying love is. So who's reductionist now? For one, but the thing is, is he is fulfilled in his friendships um, because he is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, and he understands that. The way he is is sin, but he knows he is being made every day more like Christ through it. Yeah. Because Christ never promised us not suffering. We are going to suffer. We are going to endure these things, and we're going to find out more about him living like him through suffering. And one day, eventually, we have the treasure that is being kept for us in heaven that we have been given the spirit to endure these things right now as a guarantee and we have hope in the future that extends into the now. The That's inaugurated eschatology right there that we have um, the hope to look forward to because of what God is doing now and because the kingdom is here. Um, so, you know, these kind of things just miss the mark on that, you know, but I know that uh, people that would call themselves Christians, um, these would be like the venues Christians, and I'll I'll go ahead and say that now. But you know, these are not these are apostate. This is an apostate mindset. Yes, both memes are apostate yeah. mindset. Yeah, because they reject the sufficiency of Scripture. They reject the reality that God has spoken, and you can understand it. They want to arbitrarily apply what Scripture says and then throw on some interpretive lens that is foreign to the teaching of Scripture itself. Yeah. Which is a slippery slope because then you begin to redefine everything that Scripture says. Yeah. And so, I mean, we have spent an hour here, and I know that we wanted to get to three memes, but what we'll do is uh, we'll save the third one because it's, it's a good one that will take a while Yeah, um, that we can we can definitely uh, put a lot of Scripture, very, very a lot of Gospel yeah. into and, uh, and deal with it on that. So we'll stick with those two memes anyway, and so that hel- that's helpful to finalize things when it gets to the podcast and, and YouTube channel and everything. But we will um, end up cutting this off right now for the show and get on to the next one that's right. um, for next week's episode anyway that we'll be uploading but anyway with that said this is the tacky red podcast i'm ray ray and i am dave in studio yes and solely (laughs) deo gloria